Welcome to the Life of Faith podcast by missionary evangelist John J. Asilin of the Global Prayer Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. We invite you to join us for this special message of inspiration, encouragement, and ministry of the Word of God through the exaltation of Jesus our Lord. Here is John J. Asilin. Tonight, we're really just going to focus on prayer, but I just thought I would share a little bit about what happened in Quito. Mom and dad shared a lot about what happened in the hospital. Um, Dad had to be rushed to the emergency room on Friday. We had landed on Wednesday, and Monday he was released from the hospital, Um, but it was three or felt like weeks, and I know I brought a lot of you along for that ride. Um, But it was, there was so much goodness that happened there too that I wanted since you heard about the hospital stuff, I wanted to share a little bit about what we we saw, too. Um, When dad got rushed to the, uh, when he got rushed to the intensive care unit, and we were sitting out there, we weren't allowed, there was only two couches, and not everyone is allowed to go inside. In fact, there's only two hours a day where you're allowed to go into ICU. And dad doesn't have any cell phone with him or anything. And everyone speaks Spanish, but we have a translator with us from the church because the church took care of us the entire time. Um, But there was, we came out of the room after seeing dad and he had a mask on. And at that moment was one of our lower moments, but we were just thanking God that we saw him, he was stable, he was doing better. But the doctors had painted a bleak picture that his heart was not doing well. Um, that his heart was failing. And that didn't make sense to us based off of what God had told us about dad's heart. So we were perplexed, but we were also just sitting, we couldn't leave the hospital, even though it was another five hours before we would be able to see him again. So we just sat there and we were praying and I was texting everyone and and in my tiredness, because this is five in the morning, um, a lady came in with her son and he was put into ICU and she was asked to wait at the door and she came and sat down next to me and she just started weeping. And um, and that's just it. Outside of the ICU, everyone's crying. So you're just sitting there with a bunch of other people and you're just crying and crying. And um, But thankfully, because of so many of your prayers and because God is so good, God had wiped our tears. We were able to cry when we were in our room, but when we were in the ICU, we were praying with people, and we were talking with people. And this woman, her son's name was Mateo, and he had been in a car accident. And I think it was his rib and his arms. It, it, the, he was just not in good shape. And come to find out, Mateo was placed next to Dad in the ICU. And Dad, when Dad had the, the breathing of the oxygen taken off of him, he looked over at Mateo, and he pointed at him. He's like... I'm praying for you. You're going to get out of here. And Mateo looked at my dad and pointed at him and goes, I'm praying for you. You're going to get out of here. (laughs) And and the beauty of God is we ran into Mateo's mom the day dad got discharged in the elevator, and she said he was being discharged that day. So they both got discharged the same day, and they were both praying for each other. Um, So that's like some of the beautiful stuff that happened. And on Saturday morning when we saw Dad stable, 
the pastor, he didn't want us to stay there the whole time. But you know, when you're, when fear strikes your heart, you want to hold on to everything and you want to stay right there. You almost like want to stand your ground, but it's a fear response a little bit too. And so the pastor had said, he was, he was telling us, he's like, you know, we do have you for the afternoon session. If you want to come, if you want to go back to your room, rest, take a shower, come back for the next visiting hour, hours of 12 to 1, spend that time with John, and then come at 1.30 and preach, that would be amazing. And then Rachel can also share her testimony. And it's just so, it's so, it's so interesting because God is so good that we weren't running on empty, even though we weren't sleeping, we weren't eating that much. But it was totally the Holy Spirit that was sustaining us. And there was no, there was no, um, condemnation or guilt that was driving us. It was totally feeling grateful for every inch of progress that dad was making and just believing and holding on to it. That's just, it was holding on to God's goodness that sustained us. And mom went and she preached a powerful message. And then the following day, we see dad and they're talking about moving him to a private room. And then we leave and mom preaches another message. And I gotta tell you, how mom said she was so proud of dad, how he preached on Thursday night before he went into the ER the next day. That's how I also felt about mom. She didn't, there was no confusion. There was no stuttering over, she wasn't even tripping over words. It was totally the Holy Spirit. She was like, wow, this felt, this feels like um, before when I even got sick, I feel like I preached with a, a fervor, but it was because we trusted God and and his faithfulness met where our faithfulness was, and even more so overtook us. Um, we only met him for a second, and <laughs> brief second he overtook us with his goodness. So I would be remiss if I didn't share like those kinds of stories. And even as dad was getting discharged from ICU, there was a woman there, and she was weeping outside, her and her husband, and I'm still praying for her. We don't know the end of this story, but her husband and her had been married for 20 years, and for 20 years they have been trying to have children. And finally, they have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, but then he was in ICU with some severe complications from appendicitis. Um, and No, no, not appendicitis. Oh, I'll remember and I'll tell you guys next time. Um, but they can't they couldn't do surgery on him because of complications. So there was a lot of things happening. And so when dad was about to get discharged from the hospital on Monday, mom said to me, she's like, I'm praying for this woman. I really feel like God is going to bring her husband through, but it's gonna be a tough battle. So we need to pray for her. And I just I can't get her out of my head. And guiltily, I will tell you, I hadn't thought about her because my mind had shifted to dad, but mom said, no, there's something about this woman, we need to pray for her. And sure enough, as I was going to go pay the hospital bill, I see her and she's sobbing in the hallway. And so I ran over to her and I prayed with her and I hugged her. And I don't think God would have brought her to my face again. You know, it's not, what are the chances you keep on running into these people that God puts on your heart? So God was still using us in ministry <laughs> in, in the hospital in the church service and <clears throat> that's why I really feel like I don't feel burnt out but I feel like I grew up a little bit and I won't lie to you it was painful it was a painful time I still feel the pain um, I've even had like a couple of 
you know, like nightmares that happen afterwards, because it was just such a shock when a hospital calls you at four in the morning to come see your father and they apologize and say like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you're like, oh no, what does this mean? You know, but God, God intervened. And I don't have the answer as to why God intervenes sometimes and he doesn't. But all I know is in that moment, me and my mom were trying to hold on to mustard seed faith and promise to be faithful no matter what the answer was. That's always my goal is to believe, but also accept whatever God, God's will is. Um, but on Saturday... Um, because of the shock of waking up that morning, I had a moment, and this is the message I was going to share with you guys, and then let's just hold hands and pray for so many things that are on our hearts and our minds, but um, something that I think God was really growing in me this time was my belief, and really focusing and trusting and believing in God, and a friend of mine, she called me while I was in the ICU, and she said, I really feel like God is telling me to tell you this, and it said in Mark 5, verse 36, but in Mark 5, 35, it's Jesus about to go heal the, the small girl, bring her back to life. And um, in Mark 35, while Jesus, he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And then this was the verse that was given to me. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And that was, that Saturday night, I was sitting there and Brian had texted me on Friday night, we've had a powerful prayer service, it is finished. So that was one word. My friend had texted me and she said, God, I really feel in my heart, God is telling me, John is gonna be okay. Don't be afraid only believe. And then on Saturday afternoon, Susie, who had come here before, he said, he's like, I really feel in my, I'm really, when I'm praying, I feel no um, trepidation. He's going to be okay. And so I sat there all of a sudden. I was like, how many more words do you need, Rachel? How many more words? Now it's just time to believe and hold on to it. Only believe, and, it's, and I think the reason why Jesus says do not be afraid is because he knows it's scary. So he's also not saying like, get over it, just believe. He's saying, I know it's scary. Do not be afraid, only believe. And so that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and that's something I don't wanna lose um, as I'm remembering this and I'm even writing down a lot of the experience because I don't wanna have a testimony moment and forget even a detail of it. Um, but God, God's goodness sustained us in, in Quito, and we remembered promises, and, it, and this is so like the devil, right? Because five or six different doctors would come up to us and say a different organ was failing, or he was going, he was going to be here for weeks, it was going to take forever to stabilize, it was all like all bad news, bad news, but there was one doctor who would come at the end of each day and she'd come and she's like, his heart's fine, his kidneys are fine, his lungs are fine. It's the altitude. But, but until then, like on Saturday even, we were running around and then finally on Sunday evening, a doctor was coming into the room and I told dad, I'm like, don't believe anything he says. 
and I, and I believe in science, I believe in doctors, but this time I was like, no, we're not taking the bait anymore. We know you're going to get dismissed on Monday. We're not going to panic about anything they say. If they say, oh, but you know about the oxygen, we don't know. We're not going to believe it. You're getting out of here on Monday. Um, and fortunately, he came and he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. <laughs> I was like, that's right. <laughs> not gonna, we're done. We're done chasing rabbits. Because um, there were so many distractions while we were there. So much confusion, and we know who the author of confusion is. And so I really feel like right now God is, I felt like a year ago God was telling me, behold, so stop and look. He's about to do a new thing. And now I feel like the word is believe, that that new thing is coming. Like, believe it. It's coming. It's going to happen. And that's, and that's my prayer for tonight is since I've come home, I have friends uh, it's been hard to rest because it feels like the uh, crisis hotline of my phone has been blowing up since I came home. And I don't think that that's for nothing. I think there's something going on. One, uh, we've been praying for your guys' protection too because you've been fighting the battles of God. And when you're fighting the battles of God, you're a target. Um, but also too, I'm seeing a lot of my friends, they're going through some stuff and they're coming and asking me for prayer and I want to be ready to pray with them and pray over them. And so that's my heart tonight. I, that's just my message is just believe. <laughs> if he said it, shall he not do it? <laughs> you know, like he will do it. And so with hearts full of belief, even if it's, and again, you can have belief and still have pain and still recover and be tired from your week in Ecuador, which again, I love that country. I, it's the only country in a long time that I've gone to that I genuinely miss it. <laughs> and that's only by the grace of God. Why would I want to go back to a country where my dad had his near-death experience? But that country is a beautiful country, and that church is a beautiful church. So it was totally, totally God that covered us. So with hearts full of belief, I want us to come together tonight and pray for the people that God's put on our hearts um, and also for our country as we're about to enter into an election year and there's so much going on still in Israel, but just to bring these supplications towards God because he, he hears us and, and he's, whatever he's spoken to us, he's going to do it. And that's what I believe. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I shared my testimony on Sunday and what I told, I was, I was supposed to be just for the youth, and I was shocked when they told me that I was going to just do it in front of the whole convention, and so I was like, oh, I really, or like, the youth is like 50 people, but the convention, that's like hundreds of people, or even a thousand, so I was like, oh, but because God had done so much already, how could I say no? And I've always been taught, if a man of God asks you to do something, you say yes. And that pastor is a man of God. And so I was like, yes, I'll do it. Um, but I, you know, I didn't spend too much time talking about my life, actually. But more so, like, you know, sometimes you talk about all the details of what you did before Christ and what have you. But I did, I did share these two verses and, and it's so beautiful because I could even see it in that situation. When I was little, I had felt such a disconnect with my family and with God and with God's people. I just didn't, I knew I wanted to love all those, but I didn't know how to. And 
but I learned how to fake it um, is what I kind of admitted. You know, I knew how to play the good kid part, but I didn't feel, I felt empty on the inside. And so how I connected it was, I said, before, before I had found, before Jesus came into my life, I was like a broken cistern that could not stay full. Um, so all the goodness that would be poured into me just seemed to flow right out of me. I couldn't hold on to anything. And, and the same, but I, but I could retain all the bad stuff. I don't know what it was. I remembered every rejection. I remembered every time a church person looked at me funny. I remembered every single time. You know, it was just, it, I had a laundry list of people I didn't like, but I didn't account for the people who loved me. Um, but it was because I had no understanding. And I don't know how to make understanding come like that. Only God does it. Only God turns the light on and you see it. Um, so that's how I was. I was just so blind to all the blessing and all the goodness that was around me, but God opened my eyes. And so I felt like he changed me from a broken cistern to what we see in Psalm 23, where your cup runs over. So he, he made me a new vessel that can hold it. And I, and I feel like that is... It's one thing to lose goodness because it's it's falling through the cracks. It's another thing entirely of like you're so overwhelmed by it you can't even take into account all that you're you're getting. So that's how I felt like God had transformed my life and that's what I wanted to share with them because it and just in that situation I know you guys love me. And so I've I've seen how God has restored not only my family my relationship with him and then it was my relationship with my family. And it was one family member at a time, too. It didn't take, it didn't, Rome wasn't built in a day. God slowly brought this back. And then my faith had, I realized when I was in Quito, how much God has bring, brought back a love for the church and for God's people. Because this church, again, I didn't know these people but for two days. And all of a sudden, I'm spending the night at the pastor's house because mom's spending the night at the hospital. So it was, they totally adopted us. And we, only the Holy Spirit can make you that close that quickly. Trauma doesn't. People think trauma does it, but it doesn't. And, and we still miss each other and we still talk to each other. So I, I said, I was like, you know, blood doesn't make you family. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you family. And so I felt like, I was born with an orphan spirit, but God adopted me, um, and, and he made me part of not only him, but his entire family, and that fullness is what makes my cup run over, and so that's how I was blessed to be able to share. It was only 10 minutes, um, but I was, I was so blessed to share it, and, I, and I, I'm so glad that I was, I, you know, you always, when someone asks you to speak, you kind of wish, like, well, maybe something will happen, and <laughs> schedules will change, but, but I, this time, I, re I actually wanted to. I wanted to get up there, and I wanted to proclaim God's goodness, and I just thank them all for being my family, um, so it, it was, it was totally God, and it was such a blessing. It was such a good trip for it being such a hard trip, it was such a good trip. So thank you all for praying for us. Thank you for being willing to come and save us if you needed to. <laughs> but it was, it was totally God. Welcome to the Life of Faith podcast by missionary evangelist John J. Asilin of the Global Prayer Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
We invite you to join us for this special message of inspiration, encouragement, and ministry of the Word of God through the exaltation of Jesus our Lord. Here is John J. Asilin.